Our Father, we thank you so much for the blessings that you've given to us and thank you for the cool night that we've had. Now we ask that you'll send your Holy Spirit to be here, that people can hear the, the things you need them to hear, not just the words that I use. We ask this in thy name. Amen. Amen. Starting out looking at children and youth evangelism, um, and the material in here is, is like the other ones, is primarily coming out of this book. Um, and you can still get it uh, from Advent Source as, I think it's like about 20 or 25 bucks. Okay, and I think you can get, a, get it uh, on a CD. Uh, so that's I think about 15 where you get a PDF. And it's, all, it's a lot of good material. It does not have, unfortunately, all the stuff that I want it to have for some of the other seminars, but we only have so much time during this week anyway. So, moving on. Our objective is to create an awareness of the scope of child and youth evangelism, and in so doing, emphasize the importance of acceptance of an evangelistic approach to adventurer, pathfinder, and youth ministries. So, in our church, there's primarily four aspects of youth ministries. We have adventurers, we have pathfinders, youth camps, and the Adventist Youth Society, or AY. This has also been called YPAC. So if you need to hear the term YPAC, that's what they're referring to. We're going to look, and I apologize, I don't have the newer uh, adventurer logo. So I... Um, what? You can still recognize it. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you can still recognize it. All right. The North American Division Adventurer Ministries program serves an intercultural community of children in grades one to four, their parents and caregivers through a holistic ministry. The purpose of the program is to support parents and caregivers in leading and encouraging their children in a growing, joyful love relationship with Jesus Christ. It offers instructional curriculum, supplementary resources, family enrichment, and volunteer training from within a Seventh-day Adventist philosophy. Adventurers is a cool program. Uh, you run it right, the kids will have fun, and uh, some of the parents or caregivers uh, that come are going to get new tools that they didn't have before to help raise their kids and, and help them to grow closer to Christ. That's what it's about. And the kids have fun doing it. And I think it's, I, I like that, you know, in Pathfinders in the spring, we have our Pathfinder Fair. And adventurers have, and I love the name of this, Adventurer Fun Day. I wish I, I, I wish I was the one that came up with that, you know, but I think that's cool. North American Division Camping Ministries Mission Statement. The Adventist Association of Camp Professionals provides an intentional Christian environment committed to strengthening each camper's relationship with God and all his creation through scripture, nature, and recreation. 
Uh, I know that at least some of the staff at Campus Sable uh, are members of the Adventist Association of Camp Professionals. They have their own uh, yearly uh, get-togethers um, and they have their workshops and stuff. I don't know when and where they do it. Uh, I'm not on that list, but I know that they do have them. Uh, NAD Camping Ministries philosophy. Adventist Camp Ministry, ACM, believes that in a camp setting, the study of the Bible and nature in the context of wholesome relationships and recreation will place campers and guests in a Christ-centered environment which promotes social, physical, mental, and spiritual development. That's, that's the main thought behind that. So now we're going to look at the, the NAD Pathfinder Ministries mission statement. The North American Division Pathfinder Ministries is an organization of the Seventh-day Adventist Church dedicated to meeting the social, physical, mental, and spiritual developmental needs of junior and teen youth by challenging the Pathfinder to experience a personal relationship with Christ, having a sense of achievement and responsibility, and developing respect for God's creation, including his fellow man. I'd hate to try and say that all on one breath. But, yeah, that, that is the North American Division Pathfinder Ministries mission statement. The goals. Pathfinder Ministries seeks to meet the Pathfinder's present and unfolding needs to the end that we bring them to self-fulfillment and maturity in Christian faith, characterized by their decision to accept Jesus Christ as a personal Savior and Lord, reflect internalized Christian values through, dis, through mature decision-making and behavior, exhibit the righteousness, true holiness, and fullness of stature of Christ, demonstrate leadership skills, enabled and empowered to become full partners in active, selfless service, supporting the mission of the church. We want our kids to be a part of the, to feel like they're a part of the church. And realistically, you, you look at our kids, they need to be needed. Just like we all need to be needed, okay? And this can help put them, help them develop the, some of the skills uh, and abilities that they need that churches are more likely to recognize uh, and, and give them a chance. Michigan has its own Pathfinder uh, mission statement. And you will notice in ways it's rather similar to the North American Division one. Uh, there, is, uh, there are differences uh, in the sequence, and I think part of this relates to uh, different philosophies and viewpoints on things. Some people think that you want the most important thing first when you list it all, and there are others that say, well, what they're going to remember is the last thing. But, you, so, I think that is a part of what's behind the, the difference in sequence. I know Elder Dodge very intentionally put spiritual first. He was very, very, very intentional about that. Um, 
Michigan Conference Pathfinder Ministries is an organization of the Seventh-day Adventist Church for the purpose of meeting the spiritual, physical, mental, and social needs, encouraging the Pathfinders in building a personal relationship with Jesus, our Creator and Savior, developing their leadership skills to be of service to others, and preparing them for eternity with Jesus. I like this, developing their leadership skills to be of service to others. Not just leading for the sake of leading, but leading as a part of service. I like that in there. We want the youth to understand that the church loves them, cares for them, and appreciates them. And they should know that they are needed in its total program. We want to share with club members the destiny that God has planned for each of them and expand the knowledge of their part in the great plan of salvation. Help them want to live up to God's expectation for their lives. We want to train and organize youth for active service and teach them that witnessing is not a once a week or once a month project, but it's a daily way of life. We want to work for the salvation of each individual, <coughs> understand the purpose of God's assignment to man. So we're going to look at Pathfinder Outreach. So there's two general evangelistic directions that we as Master Guides look at. There's in-reach and outreach. And we have some graphics here uh, that talk about that. So let's explore them a little bit. In-reach, we want to draw young people to Jesus. In order to minister to others, one must have a spiritual basis from which to start. Therefore, our first goal is to draw young people to Jesus. Now we get to the hard part. Imperfections in leaders can be stumbling blocks for those we seek to lead. That's the hard way of saying sometimes the staff make it hard for kids to see Jesus. Basing our clubs on Christ and His ministry will allow the Holy Spirit to work with us as leaders and through us to our clubs. Outreach, there's all kinds of stuff that, we, that Pathfinders have traditionally done. Can collecting, Thanksgiving, oh, topic of can collecting. Anybody know where can collecting first started in our church? So I, years ago, I'm reading one of these books on the history of Pathfinders and stuff, and uh, I come across this one part where they, where they talk about in Wadena, Minnesota, uh, sister so-and-so, I don't remember her name, uh, was the first one to come up with this and uh, early 50s, early 50s. And uh, the, she, there, were, there wasn't a Pathfinder Club, but she sent these kids out and she called them, are you ready, Dorcas Scouts. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so... Um, so I, I read that and I thought, huh, huh, I don't know many people from Wadena, but I do know one. And so uh, down in Berrien Springs, um, Ben and Sandy Chilson used to be area coordinators. And uh, they still were at the time I was reading this. Um, and so there was, uh, I'm down there for a PBE or Maybe it was Pathfinder Bible Achievement, whatever, whatever flavor it was that year. So I was down there for a union level. 
and uh, I intentionally took my book with me. And uh, so I went to see Sandy Chilson. And uh, I showed this to her, and because I knew she, was, she had been from Wadena. And I said, do you know who this lady was? She grinned and she says, my mom. So that's a little story I have for you on can collecting. I remember as a kid growing up, uh, seeing in junior guys pictures of kids uh, that had gone out can collecting and there's this big pile of cans and the kids are standing in uniform behind it and stuff like that. And, uh, so here's some of our traditional outreach roles for Pathfinders. Can collecting, Thanksgiving baskets, vacation Bible school staff, musical events, special music. They can help out as part of the staff and the evangelistic meeting staff. And if you recall the, the um, requirements, uh, if you're going to get the evangelism award, you're going you're to be part of the evangelistic meeting staff. And the sooner you as a director or leaders in your clubs start talking with whoever is doing this stuff, the sooner you can start coordinating your efforts. Um, and, and the sooner you'll know where you're at. Now, I recall there was one evangelist that came through Lansing, and I have a busy work schedule, okay? And uh, I typically get off work at 6, except for Fridays in uh, the wintertime. I get off early, but Tuesdays, uh, I'm there till 7. So this doesn't help with some of that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of stuff related to evangelistic meetings that Dave can't get, get in on. That's just one of the facts of life. And there was this one evangelist coming, and we, there was a form sent around, you know, as an insert in the bulletin. And, you know, what would you like to do? And uh, there were a bunch of stuff listed, and I saw something missing, so I wrote in, help with music, you know, because you know, I can blow my horn. Uh, you know, I've got several of them, and, and uh, most of the music that I play on them is sacred, you know. So um, so I stuck that in and, and put it in the plate, when the, you know. Well, I, I did hear back, and I found out that this particular evangelist, he did not want and would not accept any local music. He supplied his own. I'm not telling this to criticize that. He had had a bad experience somewhere and he figured out how to bring other people in with him and so he didn't have that bad experience. What I am saying I want you to pick up out of that is the sooner you know whether or not you can be involved, the better off you are. If you know they don't want you, then don't go talking to the kids about it. Yeah, okay. If, and if they're, oh yeah, we'd love to have you help, then you can start working out and scheduling in what nights are you doing stuff. Okay? So, I, I'm going to say that's unfortunate, and I don't know who that was, and, um, but I will say, I already said it was unfortunate, and I think 
he lost out. Um, and the kids and others lost out. And most of them like it. And I remember hearing Elder Dodge tell about somebody, and I should have remembered their name, and I don't. But there was one evangelist for the conference, and he wouldn't, he did not want to go to a church that didn't have Pathfinders. Because he, he for him, he found out things worked better for him when people saw that there was an active kids group there, uh, that they didn't want to just turn kids loose. They actually had things for them to do that were constructive. And that, so, the earlier you find out, the better off you can deal with the situation. And like you said, a lot of because of the volume that's going on, most of us are going to have a good chance to get our kids involved. Um, one of the most extreme cases I have seen of kids being involved, um, the guy I got these PowerPoints from, remember I told you about Dave Jones, I remember, I think it was Net 96. He had his kids in uniform to greet people and other stuff. While the meeting was going on, he's downstairs in the junior room and they're working on honors. Every night. Wow. Yeah. And that's a fair question. And there are some, and it all depends on the meetings. Now, in Lansing, we've had a bunch of meetings lately, uh, as I'm sure a bunch of the rest of you have. And for one series, uh, they were looking for, they had figured out with the messages they were being uh, presented, they wanted them from this, from here up. From the next one, they wanted them from here up. Uh, and they wanted younger ones. And they had a children's program. Um, and so what did they run for a children's program? The first time, they ran... Um, it's actually a VBS program. Um, Come Meet Jesus. Um, I think Linda Gallimore is the one you, that you go to to get the program. Uh, but it was, a, it was a full program for the kids. And, um, you know, no, 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 there were adults that ran it, but this was just for kids, okay? Uh, and there were some, there, but to your point, there were some Pathfinder, there were some TLTs that came in and helped with it on a, on a rotating basis. Um, but uh, it, was a, it was a full program. I think that was the one that we did when Doug Batchelor uh, was, was there. And uh, a, a very full program, but uh, the kids had fun. The, uh, like I said, the name of the program was Come Meet Jesus, and they have a theme song um, that talks about that. And um, the... The gal doing, who was leading out in it, she had an idea of how long the, she thought the program was going to run, and she discovered that it was running a little longer, and and so all of a sudden we needed she needed something to do with the kids, and so 
I, I was walking by out in the hall and I saw that it looked like they were trying to do musical chairs without music. And so I quit grabbed my guitar because they had a song service at the beginning and that I was helping with that. And so we, we used the theme song for that. And they did musical chairs a way I had never seen it done before. Yeah, they kept pulling one chair out, but nobody, the, the idea was we want everybody to find a place. And everybody found a place, even though you keep pulling chairs. Because, huh? At that age, they're smaller. So, you, so some of them, you can get three on a chair, sideways. And, and so we started adding, getting a little higher with some of them. And I remember uh, the, uh, the leader sitting down and grabbing kids and holding them on her, you know. <laughs> we did this singing, and they're singing along the theme song. Now, in, typically in musical chairs, you'd have no idea when the music stops, right? Well, we didn't do it that way. We, we, just, we just kept going through it. You know, we'd, we'd go th through the verse and stop. And... Uh, the kids had a blast. The kid, you kid, they'd never done, you know, a lot of them had seen musical chairs, but they'd never seen it done that way before. And uh, it was a new challenge. Yeah. 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 But, but this way, every, it, it was a very inclusive exercise. And they had fun, and they got to learn the song better. And um, before the meeting started, they, there were activities for them to do. Uh, now, one of the favorites, uh, somebody got a big um, package of solo cups. Uh, these plastic ones that hold about 20, 24 ounces, something like that, different colors. And kids stack them. And they have fun doing it. And I heard... Uh, there were a couple kids uh, the third night that are over here stacking cups and playing stuff, and I hear them saying, Come meet Jesus, come meet Jesus. You know, they're singing the theme song. Yes! Yes! <coughs> okay, these are uh, some of our traditional outreach goals. We kind of got hung up on evangelistic meeting staff. But you know where I'm coming from, right? So talk to people early to um, so get stuff lined up. Branch Sabbath schools aren't as common as they were when I was a kid, but I remember there were some folks doing one in Lansing for a while, and there were baptisms from it, plain and simple. And uh, it was a guy and his wife that were doing it, and they were renting space at... I don't think it was a Holiday Inn, but some Ramada or some, some, some facility, they, they're renting space every Sabbath morning. And they did Bible studies, and they had kids' programs. And uh, they had um, 
when uh, and, and both this couple, they were both full, they both had full time jobs, and uh, one day, the, the, one Sabbath, there were about six or seven people that were baptized out of that, and I came to Eric and I says, you know what day today is? He says, a great day. He says, yeah. You know what else it is? He says, what? He says, today's payday. You get to see those people do that. That's payday. Uh, nursing home ministry. Kids are always a favorite when they show up and sing at a nursing home, especially if they sing songs the people know. Okay? So we're going to need to be looking at some of the older hymns. And, and after you've done, done, you know, frequently they'll, they'll be brought to a big commons area and you do stuff. And then afterwards, you want to go out and, and have all your kids shake hands with people and warn them ahead of time that frequently when you get to these people, they have nothing but clinical touch. That is the only touch that they normally get. And a handshake might go on for a very extended period of time. Sometimes they get very extended and you might feel another hand on your arm. So warn your kids about this ahead of time and tell them, don't worry about it. You will get your hand back. Okay? But don't worry about it because what you are doing is ministering to them. And to them, in many ways, this is just like getting a hug. And they don't get hugs there. They don't get hugs. And they need them. Our, uh, our group, we go up once a month, the second Sabbath of every month. And we will sing. We, we usually start with where the kid kid songs, and then we move towards the old hymns towards mm -hmm. the end. But um, we end everyone with side by side, and the kids go out and hold the hands of the people while we're singing that. Okay. Some of them don't like to hold hands. Sometimes they stand next to them, but we we try to encourage them to hold their hands. We all encourage them when they walk by to like pat their back or you know. Yeah. We always make little gifts too, either for our sex class or something. We always pass out little gifts. And we try to take them to the rooms of people who can't come down to the room as well. And the fun thing we did um, at Christmas too, we put on a whole program for them, and they loved that. The kids came in costume and everything. Same thing we were doing in our church, we just brought it. Yep, that's the thing. Same thing you do in church, just bring it to you. Yeah, take it on the road. Yeah, I love to go. One of the things that is important that we teach our kids how to do is how to give a testimony. I was been privileged in two different churches where I've had clubs that I have. Uh, yes. So in, in two different churches where I have had clubs, I've ended up teaching a Sabbath school class when the adult lesson was on witnessing. 
and I was able to draft some of my kids to help me teach the class. And they had non-speaking parts that were very simple. So, and in both situations, it wasn't an optimal class where we can be around in a circle. It's when we've got people in the pews, so I'm up front, and uh, we're starting into the lesson, and as we're, we're getting into it, there are, there's about a half dozen kids, and what the kids do is each one is carrying something, and they're in single file, and they just walked around the group. They did a full circle. No, we didn't go for seven times because we didn't want anyone to fall down. But they walk around the whole group twice, out saying a word, and then they just walked out. Okay? And then when I go on, and I just totally ignored them. I just totally ignored them. And I, would, I just went on about, and, you know, they're sitting here looking around, what in the world's going on? Crazy kids, you know, it's younger generation. And, or, you know, but, so, as is true in any good Adventist Sabbath school class, we have people that come late. It actually happens in some churches. I, I, and so, when we get, we're coming down toward the end of the class, I said, uh, I, and by now we've got maybe a half dozen people that weren't here before. I say, so did anybody notice anything unusual happening in class this morning? And there's a lot of blank looks. And I said, did anybody notice some kids that walked by? Oh, yeah, yeah. And... Uh, some people still have totally blank looks on their face because they weren't here to see it. So then I ask those who were, so, so what did you see? Well, these kids walked in and, and they just walked around and walked out. And somebody said, yeah, and, and some of them were, they were carrying stuff. So, I, so what kind of things were they carrying? And I get a list, you know, somebody had a crutch, somebody had a lunchbox, and whatever stuff was there. And this is all new information to the people that came late. And then I said, do you know what you did? You just gave a witness. You told what you saw. And as is frequently the case, you're not going to get from one person the list of all the stuff that, that, that is being carried, but different ones will see different things. Just like in the Gospels, different ones, they each tell the story a little bit differently. It's from their perspective. And, and I've used this to introduce people to the fact that it's possible to witness without tons of preparation because you're just telling what you experienced. New thought to some people. We should help our kids, though, to prepare a testimony. Now, we're not talking about a 20-minute. Okay? Two to four minutes. 
And here, here's your main components. My life before I accepted Christ, how I became a Christian, what happened since then. Okay? This is what you need. I remember going to my 25-year class reunion. I was a student for uh, my uh, junior and senior years at Maplewood Academy in Hutchinson, Minnesota. And uh, like here, it's board, it was boarding academy. Uh, enrollment at that time, ballpark 200-ish. And uh, boys dorm, girls dorm, village kids, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And, of course, I'm sure this will be a totally new idea to some of you, but some of the kids weren't that fond of being there. And being at, at that particular school, they, they, and there were some of the kids that had not fully bought into the program, shall we say. And uh, one of my classmates, well, a couple of them actually, uh, were informed that their time there had come to an end. The school year hadn't, but their time there had, and they needed to leave now. And they left. So, 25-year class reunion. One of the guys uh, was, came back. He ended up going to Wisconsin Academy and graduated there. So we're doing the thing where we all uh, stand up when it's our turn, and I'm hi, I'm me, and uh, this is my wife, and I've got three kids, and this is what I'm doing. I'm sure some of you have done some of that kind of stuff. And he then goes on to talk about how some of you may remember that I didn't graduate with you because I got kicked out. Then he goes on to talk. Now, is this an easy group to list, to witness to? These are his friends. A bunch of us were his friends. But he goes on to say he wasn't following the Lord, and he tried this, and he tried that. They did not satisfy, but when he found the Lord, he did. This is at his 25-year class reunion. So I was real curious to see what was going to happen at the 40th. Guess what? Same thing. Not an easy group, in, if, if you know what I'm saying. But it was all real. Very, very real. And I'm sure he had prepared it. So, it's easy... You know, we can. This is something you can work on ahead of time. Now, have you ever been in a situation and someone says, "What do Seventh Day Adventists believe?" Now, when they say that, how many of you think they're looking for a detailed explanation on the twenty-three hundred days? Can I see a show of hands? How many of you think that they're looking for all the ins and outs on the health message? Maybe a, all the, the, the little horn, maybe? So let's make it simple. 
Christ created the world. He came in the flesh to save us. And He's coming back to get us. I'm always, I'm always, because um, I work in a secular environment, people do ask this question, but I always start out with the first C is that we are Christians, because they get us mixed up with non-Christians, Mormons, or whoever, whoever, yeah. and they think that, you know, they've heard that we're called, or they think that whatever, and I just say, first of all, we're Christians, we believe in, but I just, mm -hmm. It should be, and, and you can, and you can, yes, and, and you, that's that, that can be incorporated into this. This is not original with me. Mm -hmm. um, I left camp meeting early last year to go to a, a wedding. Uh, it happened. It was really cool. It's at the base of a sequoia tree. Wow. Yeah, out in California, and the guy that was doing the officiating is the one I got this from. Uh, he had mentioned this in a series of meetings that he had done, and, and, um, and I mentioned it to him and, and thanked him for it. Um, so a number of years ago, I, was, uh, I went to school to learn how to repair band instruments. And uh, spring of the year, uh, the brass instructor, who was a very good trumpet player, says, hey Dave, there's a pickup orchestra uh, that's doing part of the Messiah, would you be willing to help out on the trumpet parts? And so I ended up playing with him. And um, we, were, we, we had two different performances, and we were doing uh, a bunch of the Easter parts of the Messiah. And one of those has a trumpet solo. Uh, it's a trumpet and bass solo. It's sort of a duet thing uh, called The Trumpet Shall Sound. And among trumpet players, uh, this is somewhat feared. It doesn't, as trumpet literature go, it doesn't go real high. But the problem is, it, it's, it just stays up. And it's very tiring, very tiring. It, it doesn't come down, hardly. It, you just stay up there, and it keeps going and going and going. And your chops get shot. So fortunately, John was doing, he was covering that, although there was four measures he wanted me to, to cover to make sure he could finish strong because there was, some, there was another thing coming right afterwards where he needed to go higher. But, so we're sitting here before our first performance and uh, on stage waiting, you know, the curtain is down, is, there is no curtain, but it, it, had there been one, it would have been down. And uh, people are coming in and all. And he said to me, so what do Seventh-day Adventists believe? And I thought of this. And I says, we believe Christ created the world in seven literal days, literal 24-hour days. We believe he came in the flesh to save us. And just like in your solo, the trumpet shall sound, that he's coming back to get us. Oh, okay. And that was enough for him then. 
Mrs. White says the name alone is a witness. Um, we had, first Pathfinder Club I had, we adopted to a two-mile stretch of the state highway that went through town. And you get to have a little sign, uh, you know, this part adopted by, so what are we going to put in here? I could have said the DC Trailblazers, and I did not want that. Because, what's that? What's that? Are they a bunch of bar firebugs, arsonists or something, you know? Uh, so I, yeah, so I, I, I said Seventh-day Adventist Pathfinders. That way, we, we've got our name out there. And should the name, and, and we, we all know that period, sometimes a club's name does change. And, and so that, what, that wasn't going to be an issue. But this way was a, a witness. Yeah, so, and as it worked out, uh, one time, I, one day I was at work, and um, there, there was a, a dignitary that came through the manufacturing facility that I worked at. And so I got to meet Neil Wilson and shake his hand. And he said that, and I was introduced as the Pathfinder leader. He said, I see that you adopted the part of town, or the part of the road right through the town. He said, yes. He says, how did it look? There's a lot of different outreach that can be done. And a lot of us have been involved in a lot of this stuff. And there's lots of things that, that we can do. Um, and we, I, I'm so glad that I chose to put that sign out as Seventh-day Adventist Pathfinders because that was just a witness. And uh, once when I showed up at work and somebody says, what's the pin on, on your lapel? And he says, well, that's the Pathfinder logo. Oh, picked up any trash lately? <laughs> so I knew that people read the sign. Yeah, there's a lot of things that can be done. And I think you've got most of this stuff in your handouts, right? We can spend a lot of time on, on a lot of this stuff, but a lot of this stuff, you, you know what we're talking about, right? You, you've seen a lot of this stuff. How many of you are planning to be involved in a VBS this summer? How many of you are involved in Bible studies there's all sorts of stuff that we can do. There's a lot of resources. You know, if, if you're looking for a project for your kids in the community, I'm sure there's somebody in town that, that's got something that they're willing to accept help with. You know, probably not washing the fire trucks unless it's a volunteer group. If it's a volunteer fireman, it's different than if they're full-time. Now, today we, there's all sorts of stuff that we can, materials we can find uh, from non-governmental organizations, conference sites. You know, we can look at <coughs> other conferences other than Michigan Conference. There's other ones that have other ideas, and we can, we can look at their stuff, too, and use it. Yes. Um, the church where we used to go to um, had a trailer park for us and um, it was more of a low-income area, and so 
what they did every fall is they would put a, a nine volt battery in a bag and they put a little statement in there, um, like chapter 16, you know, Jesus loves you, so we want, we hope you stay safe, you know, kind of thing. And, you know, it's a reminder to change A smoke detector battery. They have different smoke detector batteries now than they did five years ago. Yeah. Uh, we have ones that are supposed to go for five years now. And they're in a different price range. Um, and a totally different look. Yes. How are we doing on time? About 25 minutes left. Are you up for a dash? Okay, we're going to need to go quick. But I know that this is realistically our best shot at getting this one in this week. So we're going to put in the temperament one. And uh, we're not all the same. God made it to different people different ways. Do you need one? No. The diversity that we're going to talk about in our seminar is not the what color of skin you have or what country you came from. Uh, that is, but more of how we react to different things. God knows us, fortunately, as individuals, not as Americans, not as Seventh-day Adventists. We are individuals to him, and we're each very unique. Do you have this quote in the handouts? Yeah, very unique. Then I'm not going to read it to you. Uh, we differ widely in disposition habits and in ways of looking at things. The duties that one finds light are to another most difficult and perplexing. There are things that I, well, in, our, in my house, uh, going back 30 years, we had a project that was ongoing and, well, it wasn't going anymore. And my wife said, well, what is the holdup here? And I, I told her that I would, I'd really been dreading this next aspect because of blah, blah. She says, that's the problem? That's the fun part! Because she is different than I am in many ways. And, and in many ways we complement each other very nicely. We all need to study character and manner that we may know, may know how to deal judiciously with different minds that we may use our best endeavors to help them to a correct understanding of what? The Word of God and true Christian life. Not all can be helped in the same way. I'm going to have you read this on your own because we are short on time. But I do want to get through this. Temperament can be uh, traced to the theories of humors, earth, water, air, fire. As first proposed by somebody I can't pronounce uh, in 5 BC and the four qualities, dry, wet, cold, and hot. Humoral theory states there are four body humors, fluid substances, and we're not going to spend a lot of time on that, nor on the old periodic table of elements. So it was figured, somebody says, well, there's four humors, so there could only be four temperaments. So this is how they have been in generally uh, divided up. And different people put different names on them. Okay, And there are some people who are uh, have, have put an animal with each one of them, more for kids. But we're going to be looking at the clerics, the sanguines, the phlegmatics, and the melancholies. And th this is a real, really, really short 
uh, overview of your cholerics tend to be very decisive. Come on, let's get it done. Sanguins are more easygoing. They love to tell stories. Phlegmatics are peaceful. They'll get along with it, and they are not in a hurry. Melancholy can be very goal-oriented. They also tend to be quite detail-oriented. And come on, just tell me it. I don't want all the flowers. So temperament can change with age, with sanctification, with association, and with culture. So some of you may have seen the one for kids with lion, otter, golden retriever, and beaver. Okay, so where do you fit in? Okay, you have an instrument there. Mark only one word per row. Then go to the next row, okay? Now, as you work on this, I, I'm going to do a little bit of talking uh, because we are pressed for time. There's no way we're going to fully cover this today. There's no way. Uh, there are people who do all-day seminars on this. There are people who do multi-day seminars on this. So we're in no danger of fully covering this. Um, among the reasons besides time is I'm not, my knowledge on it is not that deep. But uh, I, I know, I've been exposed to enough of it to know, uh, initially my wife got, got all interested in it and she thought I should be and I wasn't. But I still heard a lot about it. And, I'm, and looking back, I'm glad that I did. Uh, the second year I was pathfindering in Michigan, I went to, uh, I'm at the workshop, and I wanted to take the march and drill class. And I had forgotten my PLA card at home. Ah, uh, shucks. But Edie's got a whole pile of them, so I grabbed one and went there and got it signed off and got everything else signed off that, that weekend, you know, on, so, but I've now got two cards going. And, um, which, which, for a simple mind like mine, that's not good. Well, I need things simple. So uh, after one of the next uh, Pathfinder meetings, I went to my deputy director and asked her to transfer, because uh, I'm, I'm not going to sign my own card. You know, that, that, no. And so we're going th down through there, and in the... Um, PLA classes, there's one on temperaments, and that's, this actually was developed for that. And so she asked me if I had ever done it, and she commented to me that she was, uh, she and her husband had done that before they moved out from Colorado and blah, 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 and that how she just barely dropped out that she came out high in melancholy. And all of a sudden... I thought, ah, that's why she did this. That's why she did this. That's why she reacted this way in the, okay, that's what's going on. Okay, now I understand her. Okay, okay. So, fast forward a whole bunch of years. And, uh, I have a new employer, and 
Initially, I was terrified. It was, this is like, I go to work and I hear shouting and I'm wondering, so how long am I gonna last till I'm fired? I really need the money from this. Lord, help me to do a good job. And then one day, he said something, and I remembered something that my wife had said. She said, a sanguine and a choleric might say the exact same words. But when the choleric says it, there's kind of an edge on their voice. <sighs> He's choleric. That's what's going on. Okay, okay. And then I, I relaxed a little bit. Um, are most of you mostly done with it? There is no perfect answer uh, other than if it reflects, if, if you answered it honestly, okay? Uh, there is, we're all typically a blend of, of the four different parts, and I think there are 16 uh, general profiles. Uh, my, like I said, my wife, she took seminars on this stuff and had a lot fancier instrument to measure it. And there's about 16, I think, common uh, blends where you, you're high in this and low in here and in the middle here and, and that kind of stuff. And we don't have time to get into all of that today. But I do want us to go through some of this a little bit. Clerics, their strengths, they, they tend to be very direct. And that's what I was seeing with my boss when he was very direct. Um, Self-determined, fairly, it's not always. Now, in this temperament thing, frequently the weaknesses are the strengths when they are being overused. Okay? So, they're, they're very self-determined, but going too far, they can be very dogmatic, stubborn, rigid, and bossy. Okay. Motivation. They, some of them really, really like control. Some of them like a challenge. Some of them like having the responsibility. Typically, they tend to be somewhat fearless, generally optimistic. They can be, get very angry. Talk about insensitive. They, they, they can be totally, uh, and they, they have no idea that they're being insensitive. They're totally oblivious to it. They can be really good to leaders. Well, shucks, they like to, they, they know what to do, and they're, so they're going to decide for other people because they aren't getting around to do it. And they can be quite blunt. Some of them, however, do need to confess an angry spirit to God to develop inner strength and learn to be forgiving and tolerant. Sanguines. They can be, their strengths, they can be very persuasive inspiring, confident, and social. In, if in an office, 
This is, these are the ones that are, make sure that we get the Christmas decorations up in time and that we have the party and, and, uh, and these things. These are very, very, very important to them. Uh, sometimes they can get a little bit pushy and overbearing. Yes. <laughs> and um, so they, you know, some of them like status. I really think, from my, from what I see, I think excitement is more of a motivation than status for a lot of them. Um, but it's going to depend from person to person. They like to be recognized. Someone just like to change stuff just for the sake of change. We've always done it. That Come on, let's do it a little bit different. Come on. They often are very warm and charismatic. Sometimes can be pretty carefree. And these are the people, when, you, when they get you in conversation, frequently you are the only one in their world right now and they're going to focus in on you and you know what they're willing to be with you and there may have been a schedule but they don't care because right now they're being with you and uh, you know you know that's that's where in the social thing if it goes a little too far it turns into the weakness uh, they these are the people that sometimes forget to to uh, pack the alarm clock, or they often are very friendly. They can be tender. Sometimes they can be a bit self-centered. Not always. Uh, under needs, sometimes they're not the most reliable uh, or dependable. Sometimes they lack self-discipline because, oh, there's something shiny. Let's go, you know. <laughs> uh, uh, humility isn't always their forte. Uh, some of them like to speak before thinking. Some of them don't have good filters uh, in that area. Phlegmatics, blue. They like harmony. They like to get along with people. They can be very caring, very helpful. They like to have peace. However, they can be very, we, we extend that too far, they can be very indecisive, hesitant, and they're going. sometimes it's good to compromise, sometimes it's not. Uh, some of them like to be popular, uh, closeness. They can be very caring people, emotionally, Typically fairly calm, cheerful. Sometimes they're a bit worrier, a little bit pessimistic. Passive. Underline passive. They can be very passive, okay? Relationships. They can be very, very faithful friends. Good listeners. Though sometimes they will come, they'll be a little aloof and they might appear to be a bit superior. They might need, however, help getting involved uh, because they're so passive. Giving of self to others, well, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Re they need to learn to recognize fearfulness can be a problem, and they need to learn to trust God. Melancholies, yeah, and that we there's a lot more of that with the melancholy sometimes, and frequently. You'll see the two together. Melancholies, they are very exacting. They're 
factual, they have very high standards. Uh, these are the type of people, you, th these are the things you want if you've got an accountant yeah. or a bookkeeper because it, we need the books to balance. Yeah. It has to be done right, okay? <coughs> but you go too far and, and sometimes they get pretty critical of other people that, because they're perfectionists and not everyone is getting up to their standard and they can be very fussy. Why do they do it? Because we need quality. Quality, quality, quality is extremely important. Uh, they can be very curious. Justice is very important. Emo they can sometimes they can be very the emotional and moody. Those can go together, uh, and their intentions can emotions can be pretty intense. Uh, sometimes they're very deep thinkers. On relationships, they can be very self-sacrificing, cautious. Grudges they can hold for decades and decades, okay? So they, they sometimes get a little too self-absorbed. They need to learn to be thankful and to forget self and, and have a balanced life that includes more spiritual things. Everyone is a mix, okay? Uh, Anyone that that's, has just one might have some personality disorders. Uh, in your handouts, there's a natural blends sheet, and we don't. I think we're out of time because I'm seeing a lot of people moving around. I want to run over just a little bit because we are doing two seminars here. Okay. Um, so on the natural blend sheet, this one here. Uh, we've got our sanguine and our, and our cleric together. These are both outgoing, outgoing ones. The phlegmatic and the melancholy, they're much more introverted. They're going to be much, they, they tend to be more internally focused. Sometimes we end up with, uh, a lot of times we'll have opposites where, where we'll be high in, in, in the two opposites. And we can talk, you can see where it talks about opposites and complementary blends, natural blends, you know, the natural blends, you are blood brothers, the sanguine, the cleric, the phlegmatic, melancholy, either one can be higher. Um, if you've got a cleric and a phlegmatic blend, the, you know, the, these, they're, they're going to be warring with each other. Because the cleric wants to get going in the phlegmatic, but we just got here. Uh, you know, they are opposites. But there are people who consciously, after learning this, say, yeah, that's me. I'm fighting this all the time. Um, I have never, and sometimes wish that I had, had enough staff meetings at the beginning of the year to get to know everybody. I mean, I would like to have a month with just my staff before I started a Pathfinder year and plan for the year. I would love to do this as a staff. You're right. We do need 13 months. But 
I hopefully, now this is just an introduction. Uh, I, I should have gone upstairs. Most years they have a book or two on this stuff. So uh, I'm friends with Tim. He's a wonderful Pathfinder adventurer leader. I don't get anything for, for when he sells stuff, okay? So, but I'm just saying, typically they have stuff. I know Advent Source has some stuff on temperaments. So if you uh, feel free to um, go check it out some more. Any real fast questions? Okay, we're going to have a word of prayer and then I'll, I've got two of them to sign off now, okay? Our Father, we thank you that you didn't make us all the same. We're each individuals. Help each of us that we can be willing to acknowledge and accept us ourselves the way we are, but know that we don't have to say like we are, that we need to work toward being as you want us to be. We ask this in thy name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.